Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I will give you a hint. It was a cover song that she was singing for her encore. I, uh, that song about um, the one, the, the super right country songs, I'll gladly stand up. That whatever that okay. song was, that okay. some of the first direction. Oh, proud to be an yeah. American. That yeah, one. Yeah. I've heard if that in many of all in, yeah. If she rolled into that, I probably would head for the exit. Okay. Ben? Oh, I'm just going to go with Imagine with a really bad Danish accent. <laughs> that would get me out in a second. <laughs> 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. What a day here on 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Before we even start, out of the gates, we're going with a contest, a music contest. Jeff Simons, 10 seconds of song number one. Ben Barton, that is Corduroy by Pearl Indeed. Jam. All right, second song. <laughs> so much pressure. Here we go, ready? And that was Mbop by Hanson. And the third song of our trio of songs introducing our first question is... Jeff Simon's excellent work right off the top row. God, that was stressful. I'm so stressed already. No, no more stress. It's it's a breeze the rest of the way. Do either of you know what those three artists have in common? They are can't, all can't help you. Danish Americans. Is that right? Yes. Who's Danish American and Pearl Jam? 
uh, Eddie Vedder. Is that right? Yeah. Very and, nice. I uh, like it. Rick Nielsen in Cheap Trick. And apparently the whole Hanson clan is <laughs> has Danish roots. Ben Barton, why do we care? Dude, I'm recording live from Denmark right now. Wow. Live from Denmark. And that is why we had those musical notes floating your way across the Atlantic. Jeff Very Simons, nice. Where, I like it. Jeff Simons, where are you? Uh, I'm in my backyard shed post-flag football pre-Jeff Simons concert in uh, about three hours. Holy so God. We are, we are getting this in. You got a gig tonight. I do. And you, so let me this get this straight. afternoon, in fact. Let me get this straight, listeners. Jeff Simons is appearing with us on the day of a gig. Ben Barton is appearing with us from Copenhagen. And I'm braving the asbestos of my basement to bring this podcast <laughs> to the people. It's really quite a tribute. Commitment. This is the definition of commitment. Ben, what do you think of Denmark? Lovely, man. We've had a really, really nice time. Hey, you know, I've complained that rock and roll is basically dead or dying in the United States. Yes. They had a concert for Ukraine last night Ooh. on the square in front of our hotel. And rock and roll is not dead in Denmark, although they're trying really hard to kill it with a Danish version of it. I can tell you <laughs> that for sure. So, so some serious uh, acts out there. What was, the, what was the low point? What was the low Oh, dude, we had a really, really tough low point. We had the Danish Creed come on and do the new metal with the guy singing in Danish. And India was like, this is a cultural experience. And I was like, I need to go inside as soon as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Then they trotted them off the stage. And while they set up the next presumably new metal act, some poor woman came out and sang Imagine with a thick Danish accent, Uh, which was pretty grim, pretty grim for me. Not what we need. That is rough. Uh, it wasn't Gal Gadot, was it? Isn't she the one <laughs> no. who got in trouble still, for putting out that I mean, that it was imagine? amazing. Like, can you imagine, like, if you were in, in America and there was a contra for some foreign country and it was nothing but Danish music? Like, how weird that would be? Like, yeah. it was very, like, the cultural, uh, the, the cultural explosion is still going on, for sure. Well, we are 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. We, we chose our name. Uh, as a little bit of a joke based on the fact that our, our cultural experiences would be so closely aligned. And yet, look at the diversity today. Oh, One Tim, member, don't start, man. That's not okay. Denmark, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to personally cancel you. <laughs> All right. We still have work to do on that front here on the Electricast Podcast Network. We are exploring the year 2004. And we've got a Grammy winner whew, that oh, Ben Barton. Good one. Ben Barton is going to loathe violently from his very comfortable looking bed in Denmark. It's the Grammy winner. Genius Loves Company by Ray Charles. Say hello, and I can hardly speak. My heart is beating so, and anyone can tell 
I got it. Well, I know you got it. You're the one who <laughs> I was offered. I, I thought five I was, bucks. Didn't Tony Bennett do with a series of duets that were this bad, or is there yes, other worse versions? Uh, this is Ray Charles's duet record. Oh, genius okay. loves company. Genius, loves nice. Company. Who's the lady with him? Mrs. Elvis Costello, Diana Krall. Oh, very nice. We've got a, we've Weirdly, got a Van Morrison duet doing Crazy Love here, Ben, if you want a little piece of that, too. Oh, no, I want no piece of that whatsoever. <laughs> Let those guys lie. Good for Ray. Get that money. That's fine. So yep. doesn't he also die this year? Yes, I actually saw yeah. him in 2003 at a Reno casino with the full horn section and the Ray Letts. So I got to see him before he passed away. That was super. Oh, dude, fun. I had the exact same experience. Although I think a little, a couple of years before that, but I saw him at Interlochen in Michigan with the, oh, wow. with the full thing, and and he was great. He was he great, was great dude, man. It's, it's super similar to. It's not quite the same as McCartney, but really, really good catalog. Yep. Like yeah. you show up and do fifty-five minutes of greatest hits, and you're Ray Charles. And it's like, hey, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's fifty-five minutes because he needs to lie down. He was really old. Like we yeah. got a full, we got the full hour and that was what he had, you know. Ben, I won't uh, play another song, but I will. I, I feel I need to share with you the lineup that joined him on this album: duets with Nora Jones, James Taylor, Elton John, Natalie Cole, Bonnie Raitt, Willie Nelson. Michael. By the way, Natalie Cole paying it forward is great. <laughs> know, Still just hanging great? on by your fingertips. And it's fever. You give me fever. Oh, perfect boy. song. Michael McDonald, B.B. King, Gladys Knight, Johnny Mathis with Over the Rainbow, and finally Van Morrison live with Ray Charles. I love that it's live. They're like that one take and one take only. Yeah, Van Winnie trot him out there. If he doesn't stab Ray in the eye with a pencil, we'll keep that take. (laughs) So true. What a cantankerous guy. Oh, that is rough. All right, well, let's get into 2004 proper. Ukraine's election in 2004 is called fraudulent. Massive protests lead to a new election and we have the Orange Revolution where Yushchenko, who was poisoned earlier in the election season, is declared the new prime minister of Ukraine. It makes the past two weeks all that more heartbreaking to look back on 2004. So we'll move no on. No insert joke here, Timmy, for that. You're just going to leave that. Let's just move on. It just sucks. How about that? It sucks. Uh, all right. Um, we had the, sorry, Spain railway bombings in 2004 and the tsunami in Asia. Let's get to better news. Boy, that was oh. a rough year. Rough year. That's, rough a tough, year. that's a tough big three headline for sure. Apple's iTunes sells its 200 millionth song in 2004, which, I mean, iTunes was only two years old at that point, so it's pretty remarkable. Uh, Jeff, how has Spotify changed the music business? I think of, like, when was the last time I bought a song on iTunes? It's, it's got to be years. 
Well, if my own sales records are any indication, uh, you you haven't, because I assume the two of you are the only ones who would buy it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Spotify true. has changed everything because uh, I don't think anybody under fifty buys music at all, and so you use your music to uh, advertise your personal appearances or your concert tours or your merchandise, and you just hope for the best, or you hope for a, uh, a commercial placement in a commercial or a television show or a movie. Because unless you're a catalog artist, you're not, you just you're cannot make money. a living with three, three, three one thousandths of a cent. So, it used to be so that Spotify's made it possible for everybody to put their music out to the world and for nobody to make a living. And I don't know if that's better or worse or the way, you know, you know, is, is the nature of art since the first artist made art. But uh, that's the big change, I think. Ben, ben in 2000, no, well, let's say it's 2002. So let's look at 2001. How much money did you spend on music in 2001 versus in, sorry, it's not 2001. Holy shit. <laughs> How I spent much, a lot of money on music all the way through this entire period. I really did. But what if we went back to like 1998? I, I, as I had more money, I spent more, I, like I just spent more on music. Like it definitely tapers off at some point, but there, there's like in this period, I'm just buying, I'm like, I'm just like buying it all as if I bought a CD. I'm just buying it from Apple. It's fine. And honestly, I was like, oh, I used to be 15 bucks and I was 12 bucks or something. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't that bummed about it. I'm making money. All right. I, and are you still buying music right now in 2022? Oh, I'm in a mid-transition. Uh, we'll figure this out as we go. <laughs> there's, a, there's a much longer story to this, but uh, I used to buy music from a Russian website, which has currently been blocked by oh. my internet provider. Yeah, because so I'm, I'm, no, I'm having no problem whatsoever, by the yeah. way. So, um, Wait, are you, Jeff, are you getting music from a Russian website? No, I would never do that. I would never How dare you, purchase Tim. music illegally. Oh my god, are you serious? But you're you're getting around the government. You're going right to the Russian people for your needs. I also, Tim, on this Russian website, they have a frequently asked question, and the first one is, "Is this legal?" Yes, which uh -oh. is a good question. FAQ. And the good news is, it's legal under Russian law. Tim, in case you're wondering. Oh. And then the second question is, do the artists get paid? And the answer is yes, they get paid under Russian law in uh -oh. rubles. And when they come to Russia, they can have it. That's what the actual <laughs> website says. <laughs> so I assume it's just all on the up and up. As okay. soon as Kanye wants to go to Russia with a big bag to get his rubles, he can have it. He can do that. <laughs> it's right there for him. Uh, all right. AQ. And by the way, legal under Russian copyright law is my go-to excuse. Like when I get pulled over by the police, they're like, did you know how fast you're going? I'm like, legal under Russian copyright law? <laughs> See what they it say. Really does. It feels like a pretty solid catch-all to me as well. AQ Khan, the founder of Pakistan's nuclear program, admitted in 2004 to having sold nuclear weapons designs to which three countries? Jeff, you're going to have to do this one, man. Yeah, you're looking really, ben is looking really sleepy, and this is a real question, so we are in trouble. This doesn't have anything to do with... Uh, I'm going to say it, it wasn't Denmark. 
All right, how about North Korea, Iran, yes. Yes. and Burundi? Oh, in Iraq. oh, no, I missed Burundi? Yeah, it was Libya coming oh, in. Oh, Libya. I'm just going to guess a few of those as well. Strange, um, strange trio. You would think he would have sold it to Denmark, Switzerland, Uruguay. Uruguay is fun to say, isn't it, Tim? <laughs> we don't talk about Uruguay enough. I'm hoping that oh, we'll in, get a couple in Knoxville, of Tennessee, the pride of Uruguay plays for the Tennessee Vols, SEC champs as of this afternoon. Nice. Oh, boy. Santiago Vescovi is nice. uh, placed for the Uruguayan national team and is a junior in your Tennessee Vols. Oh, that's fantastic. And they Are won you the taking SEC? the Vols all the way? Are you guys, is this your year? I can't picture us winning a national championship. We'll go through these droughts where it's like, it's like watching a, a second grade team play where there's like, you know how they just can't shoot for like long <laughs> yeah, stretches. Yeah. These guys, they play great defense and they're a fantastic team, super likable, but I can't imagine a national championship. All of that being said, it's one of the more likable squads I've seen. I love this team. All right. I'm picking them. I'm in. You sold me. Yeah, why not? Um, Michael Moore debuts his film Fahrenheit 911. Mel Gibson debuts his film The Passion of the Christ. Who would you rather have dinner with? That is a really good question. I'm going to say be Michael Moore. Michael Moore's got to be Michael jerk. Moore. He's not they're, an evil Nazi though. Yeah, I mean. exactly. They're both they're both um I would want an exit strategy for both. Like yeah. I might ha- I might get a phone call before the entree like what? Oh no. Like, but uh, Michael Moore, for sure. So you're not going to eat. You're not going to eat a much worse meal with Michael Moore, though. <laughs> Would you say? Like, oh, for sure, going dude. To, like, also, you're going to the top you're gonna get, you're getting none of the bread basket. Like, he might take some things off your plate. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be tough. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You're playing defense in that <laughs> meal for sure. Is that a? Can I use that as the segue to meals? Because there's a story I'm I'm eager to hear from this Copenhagen. Trip. Oh, sure. Let's do that. Let's do that. Ben Barton, how was the meal? The meal was unbelievable. Super yummy. We arrived Friday. Actually, I had a nice meal Friday night. Then we went to uh, lunch at noon at Noma. And I got the wine pairing, which, of course, you're going to do. As long as you're doing it, you go ahead and do it. So my first glass of wine arrived at 6.15 a.m. My body <laughs> clock time. <laughs> breakfast and i'm i'm first i'm happy to report that that's a first for me okay i definitely had not done any drinking at 6 a.m my body clock time and second in in the bad news category i was like well this could work out that was fine <laughs> really <laughs> okay. nice feel. felt great all the way through it maybe i need to look into that unclear maybe morning wine evening coffee just to see what it does to you <laughs> So, yeah, so, but, like, it was a terrific meal, and how long did it take? Yeah, it was a fantastic meal. It was, like, two hours and 45 minutes, and wow. uh, wow. India and me and uh, Dolly and her boyfriend, and her boyfriend did great. He was super good, used all the right forks, and, and didn't spill anything on himself. So, <laughs> it was well, good job by him, for sure. What was, um, the yeah, most, no, the, what was the most delicious thing you ate in the meal? That's, uh, there were multiple, multiple <laughs> things that were really, really delicious. It was all, uh, oh, that's Indy King Cannon in the background. I just, love it. It's all, making it appearance. <laughs> all Danish seafood. We had one thing that was just super extra mega fantastic, which was a mussel with a quail egg in it. 
huh. and you ate it all as one bite where it just exploded in your mouth. It was so delicious. It was great. And it was all like that. It was like fancy things with fancy things stuffed inside of fancy things. It was <laughs> nice. really good. <laughs> so great. So great. All right. Well, let's uh, use that as a segue to an advertiser. Maybe it will be Noma. Okay. Nice. That's my sincere hope. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Let's get to the number one selling album of 2004. I like to think that this is what Ben was saying after he ate the mussel wrapped okay. in a quail egg, wrapped in, in uh, some perfume. That it hit, it hit his taste buds, and his taste buds had this reaction. <laughs> it's the number one album. Confessions by Usher. Peace up, A-Town. Peace out. Let's go. Uh, I sure you like uh, like they used to have an ad in the 70s for Budweiser where there was a bunch of dudes who were the taste buds on a tongue. Do you remember that? Oh, and a oh, Budweiser yeah. would hit them and they're like, oh, yeah. Like, I just loved the idea of like that <laughs> food hitting Ben's mouth and it was like, yeah, okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, good stuff. So circling back to Michael Moore, do you know Linda Ronstadt uh, was on tour in 2004 and she got kicked out of the Aladdin Hotel in Las Vegas. Because during her encore, she did one song for her encore and she would talk about Michael Moore, dedicate the song to him and implore her audience to go see Fahrenheit 911. And they kicked her out? So uh, usually half the audience would boo. And on this particular night, uh, many in the Vegas crowd left and demanded a refund and like tore down her poster through drinks. It was a thing. And the wow. owner of the Aladdin Hotel kicked her out. And she said, good riddance. Let's say you're not political, Jeff and Ben. What song could Linda Ronstadt sing that would make you walk out of her encore? And I will give you a hint. It was a cover song that she was singing for her encore. I, uh, that song about... Um... The one, the the super right country songs, I'll gladly stand up. That whatever that <laughs> okay. song was, that okay. some of the first direction. Proud like, to be an yeah. American. That yeah. one. Yeah. I've heard if that in many a ball in, game. Yeah. If she rolled into that, I probably would head for the exit. Okay. Ben? Oh, I'm just going to go with Imagine with a really bad Danish accent. <laughs> that would get me out in a second. <laughs> um, every night she would close her tour with desperado oh that's a good one i would tear down some posters <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> Woo. Uh, i have a hard time imagining that i would have made it all the way to the encore of oh, linda's linda 2004 set yeah that was probably that probably had a mixed bag quality to it i think you're right hey um i talked last week about dan Mir. you remember the uh the the guy our age who's running 17 miles or whatever Turns out he's training for the St. Louis Marathon. Awesome. Which is a big deal. Go, Dan. And he's running for the Angela Gold Music Scholarship Fund 
wanted to put a plug in for the Angela Gold Music Scholarship Fund. Apparently, she was a musician from Colorado to California, Missouri to Hong Kong. She would share her music all around, maybe even Copenhagen. I don't know. Uh, but if you give to this fund, some young musician kid gets to go to camp or a convention. Nice. Yeah. My wife is running the Oakland Marathon next weekend. Oh. For, for nobody. <laughs> for, for herself. Uh, boy, it's just a lot of it's a lot of time by yourself. It's a lot of time in your own head. I don't think I could do it. And and the physical part, I don't know. And plus that. the running. Yeah, the running. <laughs> I love that the part you're worried about is like two hours listening to your own demons. <laughs> two hours. That would be fast. Yeah. yeah, no. She's not running the Oakland Marathon in two hours. All right. Well, let's pivot to our three albums. Our three albums. Boo. Is that you, Ben? From it is Denmark? Ben this week, I believe. I went first last week. I'm laying in bed in Denmark. It's I was going to say bedtime. Plus, so uh, it's going to be brisk, brisk, brisk. I actually had a full document with all the albums picked out. There was only one album for this year, and it's an easy one. It's Ghost Is Born. I want to belabor Wilco because we've discussed them at length for our fans. But here's what I'll say. Why is this my favorite record? Why is this my favorite Wilco time? First, this is a guitar first record. Tweedy played a lot of the lead on the record. He wrote all the parts for the record. And it's a huge guitar record, which is a welcome, a welcome change after some more of the keyboardy type stuff. That's first. Second, the songs are weirdly straightforward, especially in comparison to the last record. Like, I love Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I'm not here to downgrade that at all. But there's only so much you can get out of, like, the weird pastiche of unconnected phrases. This record is not that at all. Like, this record is one story song after another. I love, love, love that. And then, most importantly, he rebuilt the band on the fly. And it doesn't happen all in the recording in this record. But by the time you get to Kicking Television, which is the live album that comes out a year later, you get the final version of Wilco where he's changed everything. He's got a new drummer. He's got another guitarist. He's filled out the sound. Uh, the tour for this record was unbelievable. And they, it, it was like, it seemed to me like they were on tour continuously after, I mean, Treaty went to rehab too, which also helped. Um, came out of rehab, a changed person, a more electrified person. Like I remember seeing him in Knoxville, Tennessee. And he was like, I had a beautiful run at the IMS Nature Center today. Like he was just really, really energized, grateful to be alive and killing it killing it live this tour was so unbelievably good so i'm going to ask jeff late greats from kicking television i know it's a little bit cheating because the recording is the next year uh, but you get a flavor for it um, here's what you get a flavor for first the beginning part of it is that beautiful acoustic being there sound to wilco uh and then the the, the pre-chorus of the dong dong darn you get to hear is like really intricate and beautiful, almost filigreed electric guitar work. Yeah. And it's a story of bands you never hear on the radio. I love this one. This is Dolly and George's favorite Wilco song. It's become one of my favorites. Love Hit it. Hit me, please. Yeah. A Ghost is Born by Wilco.
Christmas jacket all time Liquor supper time Can't hear it on the radio Can't hear it anywhere you go The best bands will never get signed Can't set a star put you by So good you won't ever know They never even played a show So yeah, good. I just love that one. Love that song. But Hellas Chrome is amazing. Um, the yeah, two yeah. really long songs, like have the ACDC songs in the middle, are unbelievable. <laughs> I just love this record. <laughs> is this so Nels Klein is on this record or before? He's not. not. The recording of the album is all Tweety. I think he plays all the guitar parts, right? I believe he That's does. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then Nils Klein brings it in and just sort of takes it up to another level. But I mean, yeah. the record itself, I think, is fantastic. I love it. So did you know that today is the one year anniversary of uh, Michael Jorgensen coming on our podcast? Is that oh, right? Yeah, not fun. Nice. Yeah, let's go. Um, Jeff Simons, what do you want to say about Wilco? Well, this or record, this I had, a, I had a really complicated relationship with this record because um, I bought it on the road. I was on the road with Rich Price and we stopped at a gas station and I ran across the street to like a Walmart or something to buy it because I know I knew it had come out that day. Yeah. And uh, I really couldn't hear it at first. I was disappointed with the uh, with the um, some of the arrangements. Uh, I felt I thought the band was getting slower and slower. Um, and and it was a particularly difficult part of that tour because uh, my personal life was uh, was coming completely apart uh, right when I bought this record. So I uh, actually put it away and couldn't I couldn't hear it for a couple months. And then I came and visited you, Timmy. Okay. And you had it on a loop. Your iPod basically had only this record yeah. and the Jenny Lewis record on it. And Sounds you were just like playing me. them back and forth. We, you just put A Ghost is Born on a loop and we listened to it like six times in a row <laughs> over the course of a night. And I started to finally hear it. And then I saw the tour that Ben is talking about and the songs were just so spectacular live. Like they yeah. just, each one just tore me open. So I have since come back and, and gained a tremendous amount of affection for this record. Um, but it is not my favorite Wilco record. And it does, for me, bring up and uh, remind me of a particularly complicated moment in my adult life. So um, I don't have the same kind of, I did not come to it like, oh, this is the record I've been looking for. And in yeah. fact, it, it probably took me a full year before I could really hear it uh out of out of its original context well, but i had such a sense memory of getting back yeah. in the in the tour van unwrapping it yeah and putting it in the the cd player of the van and then i you know driving for like 300 miles through kansas and just being like mm, i don't know yeah ben it Jimmy, is what's your favorite wilco record so, jeff or me no you i know jeff's wait what's jeff's I think it's the next one with the 
the one that has impossible Germany on, I think, is his favorite, right? No, uh, I think it's probably being there after all these years. I think being there. Being there, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I change this day to day, but if I had to, had to, had to only take one somewhere, I think I would take that one. I think I've got Yankee. Well, what's the one with handshake drugs? This one. Oh, well done. <laughs> I love this one. It's you and me, Tim. I love it, man. <laughs> But this was uh this is the first non Jay Bennett uh Wilco album, right? I mean it, I guess it was, yeah. So I think a lot of people were like, wait, what is this? They, they weren't into those first three songs. How's it what are the first three songs, Jeff? Uh at least that's what you said. Hell is chrome and and then kids smoke. I mean, people were idiots because those songs are fantastic. Yeah, now, yeah. I remember first bang, bang, bang. not not getting them, I think. But I love them now. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we're, we're gonna. We're gonna go. We're gonna be under an hour, so this kid could get to sleep. Go. So, listeners, if you haven't heard of Wilco, check him out. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, let's do this, man. So Ben knows what's coming in 2004. He's been alluding to it. And how could I not? With Ben. Oh no! In You're not going No. Oh, I please. am. With Ben in Denmark, how can I not shout out my favorite Nordic rock and roll band? Oh, no. So, oh, yeah. So <laughs> one of the things about loving music your whole life is you meet people who also love music and you're just kind of in a constant conversation with them. I have friends who like the third question we ask each other is, what are you listening to? Because our music fandom is the connection point of all the other rest of our friendship. And so in 2004, home from tour, right? Fried, put my life back together. You know, I needed to regroup. So I went to Amoeba Music in downtown San Francisco, which is an old bowling alley filled with music. And I'm just, I'm there for the afternoon. Like I've gotten lunch on Haight Street and I've wandered yes. over there about one o'clock and I have no plans to leave for hours and hours and hours. I'm going to listen to stuff. I'm going to wander the racks. I'm just going to be with the people. And so I ran into three or four friends who were also musicians what are you listening to? We talked to each other. We recommended CDs. And I ran into my friend, Chris Peck, who is a damn fine guitar player from Marin County and a, and a great songwriter in his own right. And I said, what do you listen? I got as far as what do you list? And he was like, dungeon. I'm like, what the hell is? And I thought he said dungeon. Funny, right? Like, what the hell is a dungeon? He's like, it's this band from Sweden. And Chris's tastes are all over the place. And so you take his recommendation sometimes with a grain of salt. Um, but he's like, and he, he like walked me over to the D section and pulled out this record. Uh, and he's like, you have to listen. You just, just buy it. Just trust me and buy it. You have to, you have to hear this record. And so I, I you know, I was like, yeah, yeah. And I put, you know, sure. it was, wait, has that plastic CD of plastic so you can like loop it around your arm. And so he leaves and I'm like going to put it back. But I was like, well, maybe it's in a listening section. So I go to one of those listening booths. And sure enough, there's the Dungeon record. It's an amoeba pick, like, it, and, and the guy was a little, they had a little helpful three by five card, like written. Uh -huh. It was like, it means grove of trees. You have to hear this. The record's called Tadalant. Uh, I don't speak any of this language. <laughs> I don't know what any of these songs are about. All I know is I put in track one and uh, 45 seconds in, I was like, I'm buying this and I'm buying every record Doonjin has ever made and will ever make. And I still do. Doonjin makes it. They, they're kind of in hiatus now. They, they only put out a couple of songs every two or three years. But all through 
the 2000s and early 2010s. Junji made a record every 18 months. I bought every single one. I loved every single one. I had seen this band in concert four times, <laughs> including Bonnaroo. I saw them at the bottom of the hill with like 80 other freaky Dungeon fans. I saw them at the Great American a few times. Um, this is a killer, killer uh, rock and roll band. I don't know how to tell you what they sound like. They're a, um, they're a very weird pastiche of all a bunch of other different styles. Um, the lead singer is a dynamite guitar player and front man who then inexplicably decides to play flute from time to time. The, the lead guitar <laughs> you player, know that pleases me every oh, time. Yeah. The lead guitar player is so unbelievably good. Like, just like, so, wow. so strong. The All drummer right. looks like he just woke up from a nap. Like, his head doesn't move. And you'll hear, this song I'm going to play begins with a drum solo. And you'll hear how just what a lunatic drum drummer he is. But he literally looks like he's reading the Sunday newspaper while he plays. Like his arms are the only thing moving and his head stays completely still. Oh, boy. This is, uh, this is music fandom at its best, right? I never would have heard of these guys if it hadn't been for my friend Chris. And this is why, this is why, good listeners, you bother listening to this podcast. Because me telling you that Tom Petty is good is not very helpful. But me telling you to go home or, or turn off this podcast when it's over and queue up Dungeon, D-U-N-G-E-N's Tadalunt, and check out this record. Here's the, the lead off track, which is called Panda, which I'm pretty sure does not mean panda. But I like to think that it's a song about a, about a panda because who <laughs> knows what it's about. I will never bother to learn what these songs are about. I don't care. I know the second record translates to fuck it all, which I think is really funny. Um, but here it is, Dungeon, um, and we will prepare ourselves for Ben's retort. But here we go. Ta det lund by Dungeon. Thanks, Jeff. Oh, don't worry, Tim. You're in the minority. Everyone <laughs> else got it for sure. 
<laughs> Talk about accessible. People love that. Uh, here's is what I'll say. So inaccessible, and it is first of so all fantastic. Jeff was able to digest it for me. He described it as the Swedish Led Zeppelin. Okay. And I was like, oh well, I mean, anybody's Led Zeppelin would be pretty good. And I was like, do they sing in English? Because I mean, Abba sang in English, and Aha sang in English. Surely Dungeon can learn to sing in English. They nope. teach English from like kindergarten on. These guys probably speak English. Jeff was like, nope. They just sing in Swedish. And I was like, what do you have any idea what the songs are about? He was like, nope, it's in Swedish. It really is, man. It I is mean, so, it, and so the songs impenetrably are, in Swedish. It's not early Led Zeppelin either. It's not the two and a half minute songs of Led Zeppelin 1, 2, or maybe no. 3. No, it is they, they go into and it's like the live version of Led Zeppelin in 1975, where songs are 18 minutes long and they're really going for meanders. <laughs> we did, in fact, see them at Bonnaroo. Jeff did, in fact, push this record on me. I did, in fact, buy it and listen to it. Um, it. And there are parts. That, I mean, the guy can really like the guitars can really play. There are parts with noticeable melodies. And listeners, if you've ever asked yourself the question, would I like Led Zeppelin? If I couldn't understand any of the words, the answer is no for me. <laughs> no, I would not. Like but see, that. I do love Led Zeppelin. I have no idea what the words are. I still don't know the words to half the Led Zeppelin songs. Oh, yeah. Was, no, was that they, at least you could at least you could pick out every other word. Well, it's, that's it's true. A, was that the first song that that was the song that drew you in? That's track one. That's it. Yeah. In the listening booth, you were like, ooh. But Tim, if you hang in there, man, there's more Swedish than eventually a flute solo. So you can just put that in, put Here, that I'll on your wish little, list. I'll give Timmy something a little bit. Here's the no, title I'm track. No, for. Oh, yeah. Title track. Here we go. accessible when you Dude, get later God. into the record <laughs> the thing that's so Dude, funny about it God. is when the song starts and there's a guitar bass and drums i'm like okay yeah something good could happen here like i i, I could imagine a world where this works out for me and then as soon as the dude starts swinging singing in swedish i'm like whoa <laughs> hey in the full world of outcomes we've hit a rather low version like we really hit the bottom end of what i was hoping for out of this experience i didn't even play Gjort bort sig which is the killer track too on this record too yeah <laughs> well, we were running out of time so we will <laughs> in the interest of our uh co-host over there God i think alone. i think they um they were the encore act, uh, Ben, in, in the concert outside your hotel. I don't know if you noticed that. You should have stuck Dude, would have caused a riot at the oh, Ukraine sure. Relief Fund concert. Sure. You Woo. All right. Well, let's get to uh, an artist we've already referenced tonight here on this particular podcast. My pick for 2004 is Rilo Kylie's More Adventurous. And let's... um. Let's go at the two-minute mark, Jeff Simons, of It's a Hit. The two-minute mark, you're going to start us off. I love that you guys think this is just easy to do. Oh, you are 
a DJ. More Adventurous by Rilo Kiley. All that pain, and maybe you'll get paid. But it's a sin when success complains, and your rider's block, it don't mean shit. Just throw it against the Adventures, Rilo Kylie. That seems uh, more accessible. Anything is more accessible than my pick. <laughs> Lou Reed's Metal Machine music is probably more immediately accessible. Uh, I love this. Album. You think about it this way: like Rilo Kylie is your meal with Michael Moore, and my Dungeon pick is that fancy restaurant that Tim ate at. Like the Dungeon ben songs are all like quail yeah. egg inside the muscle with the special <laughs> sauce. But she's not McDonald's. No. Least, she's like a local. Oh, no, she's great. This is great. Rilo Kiley's great. vegetarian restaurant, yeah. I, I prefer Under the Blacklight, the one that comes next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To this record. That Under the Blacklight record, I thought, was just awesome. Well, she's still with the band here. She's not out on her own. Um, but, like, I love that song, Portions for Foxes. I think she crushes that. Uh, and then it has The Absence of God. If you don't know that song, you got to check out The Absence of God, especially if you've ever had questions about faith. Jenny Lewis will show you the way. There you go. And if you have questions about uh, gibberish, you can check out Gurt Bortzig. No, come on. It's a language. It's a real language. Well, yes. Gibberish. Well, uh, to, to, to idiots like me. Yeah. Um, so Ben Barton, you guys have a great, great time in Denmark. We're gonna let Indeed. you go to sleep. How much? How many more days? We're here till Friday, man. So we got to hold oh. up like five more days. We're gonna have a great time. Amazing. We are not going to do another podcast from Denmark, however. We will no, wait for sure get home there. Yeah. Yep. One thing I've heard about Denmark: super friendly people. Are you finding that is so? People are friendly. Town is beautiful. Um, our daughter Dolly is studying abroad here and she's been the tour guide with the most. I mean, she's just been taken around to, to all the places. It's been fantastic. So great. Awesome. Jeff, you ever been to Denmark? <laughs> I have not. I have not been. My wife is eager to move there. She read an article about this. Is it Helga, the Denmark way of the Danish way of life? No, Higgy. Higgy. I don't know how to process H-Y-G-G-E. But yeah, dude, there's a saying, reason why you have to be comfortable in slippers is because of the weather. I'm just going to just warn her about the weather. <laughs> Oh, really? Uh, oh, Luke, yeah. Luke We've Holt? had spectacular weather, Jeff. It's been 42 and sunny. And Dolly, like, first of all, it's 42 and sunny. And it's like just a street party here. Wow. Like, everyone's wow. out and about drunk as hell at noon. Like, can you believe the weather? And I'm like, oh, I didn't believe it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, if it's not a cold, driving rain nine months of the year, then they're just out and enjoying it. Oh, that's great. Wow. That's great. All right. Well, tell the uh, tell the Danes who said hello. Jeff Simons, have a great Sunday. 
Thank you. Wish me luck, boys. I'm going to oh, be- Oh, go uh, get him, Def. Oh, I'll yeah. Tonight's the night. I'll be on a stage sweating in three hours. So, Wait, what uh, are you going to open with? Uh, I'm going to open with a brand new song that I've what? never uh, never performed or released before. So. And we should be there for sure, man. Wait, See, he told called? us it was a nothing show. Now he's opening with new material. What's it called? What's it called? Uh, it's called 48 Lines About 12 Men. It's a Hold Steady parody song. Oh, I think I did. Or I okay. sent you the demo, yeah. That's right, that's right, that's yeah. right. Oh, fun. That's a great way to start the gig. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's a 30-minute set, so we're doing eight songs, 30 minutes. We're doing an Elvis Costello cover. We're going to have a good time. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Go awesome. get them. Thank Go you. Thank em. you. Break have a leg. great rest of your trip, my brother. All right, y'all. See you later. It's nice to later. see you healthy again, Tim. Dude, oh, that's been a nice change of pace. You look like yourself. The, the sharp haircut, huh? Strong and well. All Strong right, and yeah. well, no doubt. All right, See later, friends. Guys. Bye. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.